0: Hi everybody! Thank you so much for being here. That's a lovely song to kind of finish our thought, start our thought of where we are in the book of Romans. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to uh, kind of confuse this issue because it is one of the great, great places in Scripture. I have fallen in love with this book of uh, Romans. I have, of course, I am my hero is uh, Paul. I absolutely. And what we, what we see happening today is, is really beautiful. Those of us who understand and know the Lord, what, what Paul is doing is, is he is allowing us to see ourselves for who we truly are. His purpose is, is to, to allow us to feel so humbled, so utterly, quote-unquote, naked before God that we eventually look up and say, then what can I do? I mean, what can I do to be saved? And that's the issue. That is exactly where Paul is leading us. He has just told the people in chapter 1, 2, and 3, whether they be people who just completely reject God, have, have no indication to understand or know Him. They don't care. He says you're without excuse. God has made Himself clearly seen by you. But to those who are the self-righteous, those who think they do enough good things to be right with God, he says, no, you too are without excuse. And then he leans over to the Jewish people, those who, who believe because of the, the, the closeness they had with God, the, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they had this covenant with him through circumcision. He takes the whole premise of circumcision and he, he lays it out before them and says that you too, You too are without excuse. You too cannot go before God. And his purpose is to just lay us flat. And so what does he do? Well, as we saw last week, he he says through verses 9 through 18, basically, if you look at chapter 3 and start like in verse 10, he says, you're not, there's none of you righteous, not one. There's none of you who understand, he says, none of you seek for God. He says that, that you have Uh, 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 together you have become useless and so they look at at what can we do and today is like the the beautiful bow on a package he brings us to that place to where we come to know that we have hope and our hope is in God's son Jesus Christ I'm telling you this is one of the great places in all of scripture Paul has taken us so to speak through the ringer He's letting mankind see how wretched we are without a Savior. And now he brings forth the answer. He brings forth the hope for those of us who wish to have, quote-unquote, peace with God. I want you to read with me, please, uh, just four verses. Verses 19, 20, 20, and 21 of chapter 3. And these are some of the most amazing verses that you and I will ever get to read and hopefully get to comprehend it because I want that for us. I want you and me to understand what Paul is doing here because it is magical. For those of us who know the Lord, these are some of the kindest and most beautiful words ever written. He says now, verse 19, Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law. So that every mouth may be closed and all the world may become accountable to God. Because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in His sight. For through the law comes the knowledge of sin. Verse 21, But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested. Being witnessed by the law, and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe, for there is no distinction. What he has said in verse 22 is he's taken us back to chapters 1, 2, and 3, and those who felt hopeless. I mean, just hopeless. What are we going to do? We, What are we going to do without God? And Paul says, look, through faith in Jesus Christ it is for all, all, all who believe. All of you who I've said are wretched, who have no hope. You have nothing but hope, he is saying. And he says there's no distinction. He will accept all of you. Those of you who, rejected, who have rejected God, you're welcome. Those of you who... Who tried to do it your own way by doing uh, righteous deeds, you're accepted by God. To you, Jews, who, who believe because of, of uh, the, the, the covenant that you had with God through many, many different covenants, but through, in, in particular, as he explained in chapter 3, circumcision, he says, You too are welcome. You are all welcome, he says, without st- distinction, to all who have faith in God's Son jesus christ this is in my opinion the most magical place in all of scripture because it it is a place that once we build one chapter upon the other and finally get to this place where paul says there is hope beyond measure for you but first you have to recognize something you have to recognize that you can't do it on your own I love this place in Scripture. I absolutely adore it. Um, from here, Paul is going to take us into to the whole premise of grace. Uh, God, Grace is God's unmerited favor. He, he's going to take us into that place to where he teaches it to such a degree that they're going to say to him, wait a minute, wait a minute, time out, Paul. You're telling us that God has forgiven us the sins that we've done? and He's forgiven us the sins we're in the process of doing, and He is going to even forgive us the sins that we will do? You mean to say that's God's grace? Paul's going to say yes. They're going to say, well, then why don't we just keep on sinning? Why don't we keep on sinning and and make God look even greater? Paul says, God forbid, please don't worry, but... God forbid, he says. God forbid. How can you, he says, who have died to sin, still live in it? And that's going to be what we're going to be teaching from this point forward. But first, first, I want you and me to grasp what Paul is teaching here in verses 19, 20, 21, and 22 as he lays this wonderful, wonderful foundation upon what he just taught in chapters 1, 2, and 3. This is glorious. This is, this is one of the great places in all of Scripture, especially for those of us who know the Lord. It is the most freeing of all places. Let's pray first. Please, Father, help me not to harm and get in the way of what you want to say to us tonight. And so I beg of you to move me aside. I beg of you, Father, that you would open up our eyes, each of us, so that we might behold wonderful things from your law, so that we would see that it is you that we must deal with. You have laid the groundwork for salvation, and it is so full of grace, your unmerited favor towards us. And so you say, uh, as Paul says through you, there's no distinction for all who Have faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, all who believe. And so, Father, may we trust you in that. I can think of no better place for us to place our faith and our trust than in you. And so, Lord, bless us, please. Bless us, bless us, bless us. I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. First things first, Paul immediately lets us know. Actually, let's those in Rome know, but us as well, that peace does not come through the law. Basically, the law is things that you keep so as to be right with God. He says that ultimately the law will just do one thing for you, and that is condemn you. Look at verses 19 and 20. He says, we know, now we know, he says, we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law. We studied the word under before. It meant to uh, have a burden, a weight placed upon our shoulders. To those who are under the law, it speaks to them so that, he says in verse 19, every mouth, not just a few, but every mouth may be closed And all the world, not just a portion of the world, but all of the world may become accountable to God. That's who you and I are accountable to. You ought to thank God for that. I mean, if if you want to be accountable to one person, it would be to God. Because God is faithful. He is pure. He is honest. He is forever loyal. If you come to Him and you ask Him to be your Lord and Savior, He will forever be your Lord and Savior. No, just part-time God. The whole world is accountable, it says to Him. Because, verse 20, by the works of the law, in other words, by your doing things, whatever it is you're trying to earn your way to heaven, no flesh is going to be justified in His sight. You can't come that way. For through the law comes the knowledge of sin. That's why I've said over and over again, that's why the Bible was written. The Bible wasn't written to make you and me feel well about ourselves or good about ourselves. The Bible was written so as we see that we were in desperate need of a Savior. That's why I've said to you over and over again, my friend Kenny Hutchison teaches the Bible, and he says, if this is making you feel good about yourself, he says, I've taught it wrong and you're hearing it wrong. The Bible was printed so as to bring us to a place that we knew that we need a Savior. Now in verse 19 Paul uses two words, we know. You notice? Now we know. We know is O-I-D-A in the Greek and it refers to knowledge, but not just knowledge. It refers to knowledge that is certain and complete. What Paul is saying is we can now know with absolute certainty these things. He says we can know with certainty that whatever the law says regardless of what you think of the law it speaks to those who are under it so that every single mouth every single one of them may be closed and that all the world in other words everyone becomes accountable to God that's that's Paul's statement of of saying that all the world, all the different religious uh, religions on this world, in this earth, all the different peoples, every single one is going to be accountable to God. And He has but one way to heaven. That's what Scripture teaches. You either come through His Son or you do not. That's what Scripture teaches. And so He says that every mouth is going to be closed. All the world... Is going to become accountable to God. That ought to make you so happy. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it ought to make you walk out of here like on a cloud, feeling secure in who you are in Christ. In verse 20, the word justified is a key word in all of this mix. First, let's take a look at the problem of this word. First and foremost, God is just. He is faithful. He cannot lie. All of those wonderful things. He is pure light. God is God. We are not. That's the other side. We are not justified. Therefore, the problem is how, how can mankind who is unjust ever be justified? In other words, declared righteous. Well, there's a problem. And I've I've read it to you before. James clearly states it. In James chapter 2 and verse 10 is a verse that I've quoted you before. It's not a comfortable verse. It's not. James says, whoever keeps the whole law, keeps it all, keeps every bit of it, and yet stumbles on just one point, that person becomes what? Do you know? Guilty of it all wait a minute, that's not even fair, is it? You mean to say I live a life that I am a really good guy, I'm a good guy, and I stumble just once. That makes me guilty of everything? Doesn't seem fair. What Paul is doing, what Scripture is doing, in this case James, is putting us on the floor, just naked as could be, and the only place we can look is up. Look, I've, I've not read you this verse before. This one, James gives this verse. It's in chapter 4. Same book, of course, James. It's in verse 17. James says, To the person who knows the right thing to do and doesn't do it, to that person it is sin. Wait, wait a minute. Uh, there's times where I know what I should do and I just don't do it. You mean, that's sin? We're caught. Mankind is caught. We are engulfed in sin. That took place way, way long ago in the garden. When God said to Adam, you can freely eat from any tree that's in this garden. Go after it. Take your, take your pleasure, Adam. Oh, 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 by the way, Adam, that, you see that tree in the middle of the garden? I don't want you to eat from it. The day you eat from that tree, you shall surely die. We know the story. He did. He and Eve, his wife. And what happened? They died. Not physically. But as we taught last week, I believe it was, they, they all of a sudden wanted to hide from God. Of course, sin makes us hide from God. God had to search them out. And so Paul is saying that sin is is engulfed us so if you and I sin just one time scripture says I can't, we cannot undo that one sin might try to compensate, apologize we can do all the things we want to do but I, we cannot undo our sin sin is sin is sin and you and I cannot make the imperfect perfect only God can do that And God chose to do it by allowing His Son to go to the cross, to die on the cross, to shed His blood for the sin of this world so that we can be compensated, so to speak. So that we can undo all the sin that we've ever committed. It's amazing. So Paul says the law, the law that we've just been reading about in verses 19 and 20, is given to condemn us. But after that, the law is given to lead us to Christ. How do I know? Well, we've told you this verse before. Galatians chapter 3, verse 24. Paul says, the law, this, has become our tutor, our teacher. This is why you and I study this. This is why we study it not to duck and hide from difficult passages to try to learn everything that's said in here that we at least study because this is our tutor. This is our teacher. And it says in Galatians 3.24, it becomes our tutor so that we may be justified by faith because it will lead us to Jesus Christ. That's what this Bible does. You see, Jesus Christ is the only way. God has made that crystal clear. And the only one who can truly justify you and me, make us righteous, make us right before God, not on our own merit, but what He has done for us, is none other than Jesus Christ. Isn't that great? That's, that, to me, is the best news. Best news. You see, Paul is now teaching true peace, True justification, true righteousness, not righteousness of our own, but true godly righteousness can only come through true faith. And that is faith in His Son. Look at verses 21 and 22. And Paul explains it. In verse 21 he says, But now, but now, in other words, not talking about the law now, but now, Apart from the law. Get away from the law, he is saying. The righteousness of God has been manifested or shown or seen, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even, verse 22, the righteousness of God, now watch, through faith in Jesus Christ for all, 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 all who believe for there is no distinction. It's what I've already said. In other words, everyone is welcome. All of those people that Paul systematically condemned in chapters 1, 2, and 3, all of them, he said, you're without excuse. You have no hope, every single one of you. He says, now you are all, all welcome. You can come to God through faith and in His Son, Jesus Christ, and there's no distinction. Those of you who rejected Him, who had nothing to do with Him, come by faith. Those of you who tried to do it on your own, put your own merit aside, come to Him by faith. Those of you Jews who, who believe the, your, your covenant with God is what made you right with Him, put that aside, come to Jesus Christ by faith, and you'll all be accepted. There's no distinction it's it's ha- Did somebody say hallelujah? Oh, I love hallelujah. Hallelujah is perfect there. It is uh, to me. Someone who studies the Bible like I try to do for you, and for me. I mean, let's face it. I'm you know uh, that that, that I, I'm uh, this whole week I've been having a ball. I've been just rejoicing in who I, who I am in Christ Jesus. It, it was it was it was our privilege. Those of us who knew about about Sarah's sweet husband Harley, who whom I, I absolutely adore. I love, uh, unashamedly, I have a man crush on Harley. I do. And we, we had the opportunity to pray for him this week, and he's, he's doing fine. And all of the week, Sarah, that I was studying, I was thinking about Harley, and I was rejoicing in the Lord, rejoicing in the fact that I could go to the Savior of this world and ask him, not me, not anyone else, help Harley. It was, it was amazing. It was glorious. So hallelujah, thank you. It, it fits. It fits. So he says there's no distinction. And Paul says in verse 19, we know something. We know something for certain. Whatever the law says, it just speaks to those who are under the law. And you and I do not, do not, do not want to be under the law. And if you are under the law, it says every mouth is going to be closed. You don't have nothing to say. You have no excuse. All the world, all the world is going to become accountable to God. You see, you and I, let me get up here. We want to be accountable to God. I want to be accountable to God. I want God to know that I have accepted your Son, Jesus Christ, Father. And I have come to you trusting in you and you alone for my salvation. And I make myself accountable to you. If that's not good enough, then I die in my pile. But you are the one that holds me. I am accountable to God. And so I hope are you. Every mouth, all the world, is accountable to Him. That declaration of of verse 19 allows no exceptions. There are no exceptions. There aren't other religions out there. Yeah, there are. There are plenty of religions out there. I had a, a few people came to my door this afternoon of Jehovah's Witnesses, and we had a very short but very, 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 uh, very energetic debate. And uh, I want to give you a clue. If, if anyone ever comes to your door, this sweet, sweet young girl, I mean, she was a precious boy, and her and her cousin, they were just beautiful, and turned out her dad, the three of them came to the door. I didn't know until afterwards. There was two more. Her, it looked like her mother and someone else was out there in the street waiting. And so they come to the door, knock on the door, and they say, you know, blah, 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 and can I, uh, we want to give you a pamphlet. Always take it. I took it and threw it right away as soon as they left. But take it. That's one less they can give out. In fact, I almost, I almost should have asked them for their whole caboodle, you know. So I started talking to him, and he says, uh, I told him, I said, I said, I don't, I already have faith in my Savior, Jesus Christ. And he says, well, what's the difference between you and us? And I said, that's a great question. He says, wait for a moment. I went and got my Bible, came back to the door, and the, the discussion was short. Let me not forget where I was. I didn't mean to go off on this, but uh, the discussion was short because I, sh- I took 1 John 1, uh, 5, uh, 20, where it says, uh, this is... It talks about Jesus Christ's eternal life. This is a true God in eternal life. You can't deny that he's talking about Jesus. And he took me to a place where it was in Acts 10, 28, where it said that Paul said, you can't call me a God. And he says, there's the article A before God. And I said, you trying to tell me that you're comparing First John 5 with, with Acts 20? I said, that's not right. So here's what I did, and here's what I would encourage you to do. In that mix, I found out he was the one in charge. The two girls were just learning. And so I, they were standing like that, and I went to him with all respect. I turned my back to him, and I talked to the two girls because they're the only— ho- he, 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 was, he was gone, not gone, 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 but I wanted them to hear. I said, you know, don't ever disrespect your father or your uncle, but don't listen to his, don't listen to his, uh, his spiritual th- theology. It's, it's not correct. With that, he said, we got to get out of here, and they left. And he kind of wiped his feet on my thing, and I, and um, I wanted to say a lot more to him, but I was kind, and I didn't. And uh, but I was really disappointed when I seen those two others. I said, Four, I said, three of you adults with these two young kids out there walking away, and I'm, yelling, uh, and I'm kind of talking to him, and I said, three of you adults with these two young kids, and you're taking them to the same place in hell that you're going. It's sad. It's sad. The whole world is accountable to God. We better be correct in what we're learning. We better be. It's, it, we, there's no other way. So that, that declaration that Paul made in verse 19, there's no exception. Every human being, Jew or Gentile alike, every single one of us, Paul taught, is under the law of God and accountable to God unless we come to faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. And we best know who Jesus Christ is. So, The reason why, because of 20, verse 20. Because by the works of the law, trying to earn your way, no flesh is going to be justified. Through the law comes the knowledge of sin. In a nutshell, that's the purpose of God's Word. The purpose of God's Word is to allow you and me to recognize fully that we are sinners. And its purpose, the Bible, it's the law, is to lead you and me to God's only answer for our sin. And that is His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only answer. He is the only hope to appease God of your and my sin. We can't do it on our own. That's what Paul is teaching in verses 19 and 20. Remember, I told you the Bible was not written to make you feel good about yourself. The Bible was written to show you and me how desperately we need a Savior. And God has answered that. He has given His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Now Paul has already declared that the Jews are under the law. He also said in chapter 2 verses 14 and 15 that the Gentiles are also under the law. The law to them is written in their hearts. So it says in verse 15. It shows the work of the law written in the Gentiles heart. Now verses 19 and 20, God being the creator of of the universe, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, He lets everyone know that it is impossible impossible for anyone or anything to be outside of his control or his authority. That's verse 19. Verse 20 says, The final verdict that is given by God is that all mankind is defenseless. All of us are guilty of all the charges that come against us. So there's no possibility of acquittal. Paul says in verse 20, By the works of the law... Look, no flesh will be justified in God's sight. It's impossible. No salvation by keeping the law of God because God has closed that door. Sinful man is utterly incapable of doing doing that. We have neither the ability nor do we have the permission to save our own selves. That is something that only God can do for us. And He has chosen to do it through His Son, Jesus Christ. So Paul Paul says in verses 21 and 22, he says there's hope though. He says apart from the law, in other words, take the law and push it aside. God's righteousness, he says, has been manifested or seen, witnessed by the law and by the prophets. Verse 22, best verse. The righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all, all, all who believe. There's no distinction. There's no separating any of us. There's no saying, yeah, you can come, but you can't. All, all can come. There's no distinction. It's very important to realize that God is the one, the only one, who makes available this righteousness. It's not something that you and I can provide for ourselves. It ought to make you so happy. It ought to make you so relieved that that you don't have to do it on your own. You just come to Him by faith. All the other things we do is we're going to learn in time. It's it's like it says in Ephesians that God has created us in Christ Jesus for good works. The, The reason you have come to Christ, the reason you have been created in Christ is for good works. So that God can prepare these things beforehand for us so that we can simply walk in them. That's the reason for good work. That's the reason for doing good things in church or with your life or or for anything. It's, It's because Christ has created these things so that you can walk in them. But trying to provide our own righteousness can't do it. Something, Dr. McGee wrote these words, I love it. He says, a righteousness that is demanded by God, God will provide. A righteousness that God demands, God will provide. He always does. If He asks us to do something, He will provide the way. So it is given apart from the law. In other words, We cannot, verse 21 says, apart from the law. In other words, the law cannot save you. You cannot earn it. It has to get apart from the law. So the question that everybody ought to ask, and it has been asked throughout, throughout all of history, the question is, how can we be saved? How? Job, in Job chapter 9, verse 2, uttered these words, How can a man be in the right before God? John the Baptist, when he was teaching to the multitude who came before him and he he warned them of the judgment that was to come. Finally, they asked in Luke chapter 3, verse 10, then what shall we do? It's a good question. Jesus Christ, after he miraculously fed all those people with, with fish and bread, you know, just a few loaves of of bread and fish, and he fed thousands. The multitude came to him afterwards in John chapter 6, verses 27 and 28, and they said, what shall we do that we may do work the works of God? In other words, what do we do to be right with you? And Jesus Christ talked to that rich young ruler, and he talked to him, the Finally, the rich young ruler asked him in Matthew chapter 19, verse 16, Good teacher, he called Jesus. What good thing shall I do that I might obtain eternal life? It's a question everyone asks. Peter, when he preached at Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, the people came to Peter and said, What shall we do to be saved? Paul, when he talked, he and Silas God, before the Philippian jailer, the Philippian jailer, after all the miracles that happened to them and they're walking out of this jail, he says, sirs, talking to Paul and Silas, what must I do to be saved? Scripture makes it clear. There is indeed a way to God. But it's not based on anything you and I can do on our own. We cannot achieve this merit, this quote-unquote peace with God. But God did it. God says we can come to Him on His terms through His Son, Jesus Christ. You see, Christianity in and of itself is very distinct. Scripture teaches. It is distinct from every other religion in the, in, that, is, uh, that is mentioned across the world. As far as Salvation and Scripture is concerned. There are really only two religions in this world. Dr. J. Vernon McGee says it so beautifully. I don't know who taught him this, but he says it over and over again. You're either a saint or you ain't. I mean, that's his that's the mantra that I've heard from him over and over again. There is either divine accomplishment, that is biblical Christianity, where God supplies and does it all for us, or there is human achievement. That's a man-made religion. That's where all the other religions try to make themselves right with God by doing something, anything. There's something magnificent about this place in Scripture, I promise you. There's this glaring and wonderful truth through all of the haze of 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 religiosity, we can identify While the law cannot save us. It has its purpose. Its purpose is to spotlight how short of God's standard of perfection that we all fall. And this standard that God brings forth clearly points us to His Son, Jesus Christ, who alone saves us. The law, the Bible, has a wonderful capacity. It brings an inward conviction, if you would. A cry from God, if you would, of our dread, our lostness, our guilt, our shame. And that call from God is linked with that ability to persuade us in a convincing manner, in trusting our Savior, His righteousness that can only lead us, not condemn us. You see, the law purely functions, and that's what Paul taught today. It functions to prepare your heart, my heart, for the reception of the gospel of Jesus Christ so that we would find true salvation and true growth. You see, that's the next step. Once we come to Christ, then comes growth comes only by studying and understanding the word of God it is listen it is the most amazing journey you and I will ever ever experience if you're new to us here we make this vow to you our promises to help you to, to understand the wonders of Christ and to help you grow in your faith now I want to close in prayer and I finished a little early on purpose um, because we got some good news we do. Um, news that we need to pray about still, but good news. And um, let's pray. Father, please, um, thank you for, for Paul. Mostly thank you for, of course, yourself as you lead Paul to, to write down these things so as to teach us what is true salvation, that it doesn't come through studying, uh, excuse me, or, or keeping the law. That can only condemn us. As we're going to learn so clearly by Paul and by yourself that it comes through faith. And that's faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, who, who desires to set us free from all and any burdens. Now, Lord, bless us. Thank you so much for tonight. Bless us, bless us, bless us, please, Father. In Jesus' precious name. And I want you to know something. I love you from the bottom of my heart.